0: Well, it's good to be here. Deep breath. (laughs) I wonder how many of you are just sensing in this season, I really need to get Jesus in the right place and space in my world. And I think, you know, as we watch around us, it's not exactly rocket science. If our precious Jesus that we know If he really is in the right space and place, we can do incredible things. And I feel that there is a real kindness in the heart of God at the moment that's just saying, come on, you don't have to do life hard. You can do life well. And it doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect, but what it means is it is going to be sustainable, we are going to make it through. And we're not going to just make it. We're going to thrive, not just survive. Amen? So I want you just to lift your hands to this wonderful Jesus, if you're comfortable doing, it, And just... You talk to Jesus this morning and just tell him, God, I trust you. I trust you with 2023. I trust you that you're a good shepherd. Come on, just break that sound barrier. I know you can sing well. Talk like you've just been singing and just say, God, I want you to hear my voice. I trust you in 2023. I trust you that you know the way for me. I trust you, you can take my hand. I trust you that you've got a path for me. I trust you that you can provide for me me. I trust you. You're a good shepherd. And I want to lean into you. Just lean back a bit in that chair and just say, God, teach me to trust more. Teach teach me to lean in. God, everything that gets independent and tries to sort it, fix it, get on my front foot and make it happen. God, I pray that I'll allow you to work with me. Is an amen in the house? Amen. Amen. Well, it it's my privilege to be here. I was here yesterday with many of you. And for those who were here during the day yesterday, there will be a little bit of an echo. Because as um, Aaron said... I'm a prophetic person. So if you're hearing Jesus really speak about something, in a sense, that's what you're hearing about. And so I might seem a little bit like a stuck record at the moment. But I just want to call, if I've got a title for today, it's probably living in the house of prayer. Or living in his house, dot, 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 a house of prayer. And as I thought about prayer and the prophetic, what, if we look at that, what is the prayer prophetic, well, that is the communication skills in the house of God. Would you agree? And how many of you know, if you walk into our house and it's totally silence, it can be awkward? You know, there's that sort of sense of, well, someone just say something. You know, how many of you know around the table, Christmas time, they can be awkward. But there can be that silence that's just easy what's the difference? Relationship. If you know someone really well, like, you know, I've, I've worked with Helen Aza for about 16, 17 years, and we're both a bit reflective. So, if we've been in a real full-on conference that's been going, and we get in a car to drive home. We can sometimes get over. and I look at her and say, that was a quiet drive. You okay? Yeah. You okay? Yeah. It wasn't awkward because we know each other really well. And even though we'd done the three-hour drive with, you know, not very much said, there was nothing that was unsaid. And so I wonder if even in our journey in the house of God, yeah, we're talking, we need to pray, we need to talk, but does that mean there needs to be noise all the time? Can we actually come to a place of be still? I am God. You see, if there is silence in the house, is it awkward, come on, Aaron, lead. You know, worship leader. Come on, please. You know, please, we need some noise here. Awkward. Or well, there is that stillness of a deep relationship where you can just, I call it sunbathing. You, it's just like, there's just something you just feel. How many say, yeah, I get you, Rachel? But it takes practice, how many would agree with me? And the more people you've got in the room and space, the more you have to trust, lean in, create that relationship. So when we're talking about prayer and the prophetic, we're talking about how can we upgrade in 2023 these relational communication skills. So I want to ask you a few questions. How confident am I? Communicating with God, do so I like breaking that sound barrier? Like when I say to you, come on, lift up your voice, pray. It's like, is everyone else gonna do it, or am I gonna be the mug round here? How confident am I to talk to Jesus? How accurate do I feel I am? How sensitive. You know, sometimes there's this, those times of worship and you just feel an atmosphere. How many of you know what I feel? And it's heavy in it's thing. You think, what am I meant to say back? Am I meant to just be still? Or is God saying, come on, just touch someone? How did those four friends know it was appropriate to go rip a roof off a house and put their friend there? I mean, that's pretty full on. How do we know some of the risky things we need to do to get people to Jesus and Jesus to people? What, do, do you get what I'm saying? But I believe that as we begin this journey of the prayer and prophetic, you see, we all believe, and I think Aaron's pretty well said it today, as Christians, we have a relationship with God. One of our slogans, almost our mantras is, we're not a religion, we're a relationship. Isn't that true? So, okay, let's talk about it. What does that relationship mean? It means I talk. I've got all sorts of levels of talking, all sorts of levels of intimacy. I can be silent and yet full. So where are your communication skills right now? Yesterday, we had a Q&A session, and one of the questions we were asked is, well, what's the difference about sharing meals and, and fellowship in a church context? What, what is it? And I answered it a little bit, but as I thought about it, I thought, why is church or why should church not just be a club? What makes church more than a club? I mean, golf club, go get fit. That's a good club. Gym, you know, we have lots of clubs. What are clubs for? Why do we need clubs? Because they're part of the human thing. It's because we're made for relationship. We're made for conversation. And so you have clubs where we center around a common interest. Would you agree? And so because of that common interest, you have conversations. You can get the geeks who know everything. The chess club, they know every move. They've watched every YouTube. They know it all. And so you join clubs so you can upgrade conversations and really dig in. Would you say that's true? And so that is club. That's the horizontal. Well, why is church more than a club? It's more than a club, because when I talk to you, hopefully, I'm not just saying, well, you look cute today, Gordon. Yeah, great for 42, but I'm sorry you're a bit of a liar. (laughs) Um, I know you love skiing, and we can talk, because I've been married 42-odd years. I know a lot about him. I still don't believe everything. He still insists that he had a French girlfriend for three years in Paris, and they never kissed. I'm still not buying that. (laughs) I'm sorry, no. And it motivated him to learn fluent French. And he said he didn't kiss. And she painted all his car with beautiful flowers. No, I'm not buying that one. (laughs) Anyway, but we can joke, we can laugh. But how many of you know what I'm talking about? You have conversations at all sorts of levels. But what is different about the conversation in the house of God? is that I don't just begin talking from my personality, character, cognitive ability, knowledge, interest. I begin to tune in to the most high God. And I begin to talk to you not only about what Rachel is, but I talk to you about what God is in Rachel and through Rachel. That changes everything. You see, that puts a level of intimacy. That is why in John chapter 17, Jesus says, oh, by their love, you, they will be known. You will be a standout crowd in a world of hopelessness. Why? Because there's an upgrade of encouragement. I'm not just giving you a platitude to say, do well, mate, hope you win. Best of luck. I can actually say, no, God's with you. You have a good shepherd. You don't have to carry all the anxiety and fear. It isn't going to be hopeless. It's going to be hope-filled. You don't have to endure. You can enjoy. Come on. I have a word. Not just because it's a nice idea. It is actually a word from God for you. It's fresh bread from the presence of God. It's not just club chitter-chatter. It's word that has power to change. That's what makes the church more than a club. Unfortunately, many churches are clubs because they don't ever put the word of God in their life. And so if you just have every coffee time, chat time, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing this thing. Have you, did you watch that game? How do you feel? And you never actually stop because Hebrews 10 says, when you meet together, upgrade it. Encourage one another. What is that word to encourage? To literally fortify one another with the word of God. Put some steel in someone. Go live your best life. Put a word. That's what the house of prayer, that's why we pray, that's why we listen, because we want to download something that's more than just sound bites. How many you say, I want that? Come on, let's put our hands to heaven. Father, we want to put our hands to heaven. We want to ask you that we become more than clubbers. That we are more than people that just go to a car. We want to ask you that every space and place we go, that we are infected with a Jesus message of good news. And those words equip people to live life. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So I want to ask you, what do you need to do to upgrade your spiritual sensory skills? How can you upgrade hearing God better, seeing what God's doing better, sensing what he's doing better? Well, you get where he is. Get in the presence of worship. Begin to upgrade or increase the time of conversation with him. Come to those prayer spaces. None of us can do them all, but everyone can do one. How many of you agree? We can all do one. One a month, one a week. Just upgrade it and say, okay, God, I want to upgrade my sensory scale. I call it the sniffer dog. You know, I go in and I think, what does that smell like? What does it feel like? What am I sensing? And bottom line, you never know unless you have a go. How do you know you're right? Try it out. You know, people call me a prophet. Do you know what I really think that is? Maybe this is a little bit disrespectful to the office, but I don't mean it. I mean it's just people who've been around long enough that they've begun to believe God speaks to them, and they just say what God says. And I, I met Jesus when I was four years old. Missionary kid in India. Hugged my pillow and said, Jesus, come into my life. At Ten years old, I was hungry for something more. 12 years old, I began to realize that in all my craziness and love for hockey, I played hockey. Up on that to- hockey pitch, I used to begin to begin to pray before we played hockey. But I began to begin to feel I had a word for a friend. And i say, don't worry about your mum or don't worry about this. And it maybe sounded a bit cliché, but I found that God didn't mind that it didn't sound perfect. But I say, I'm sensing this or... You're feeling a bit fearful. I'll watch people come down the road and I'm thinking, she looks stressed. And Everyone says, why do you say that? I said, well, it's obvious. Oh, I didn't notice. How many of you have had that experience? You walk into a coffee shop and the person to you just seems like it's got a highlight pin around it saying, beep, beep, beep. And everyone else is saying, what are you looking? So I just keep looking at her. Or maybe God's going, hello, hello. You are her angel today. Go speak. And so I believe that God wants us to be a praying prophetic people. God wants to equip you with the right sound bites and sound waves, which comes from the place of prayer. He wants to upgrade your communication fluency and your spiritual intelligence. You know, we have a lot of talk about emotional intelligence. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, what's your emotional intelligence? What about your spiritual intelligence? Are you aware of the devil's schemes? Do you know how he's setting you up the traps? Do you know the sort of thought processes and distractions he's got to trip you up? Where we need to go, hey, hang on, you've just said 10 negative things in a row. That's not good. What's going on, sweet? We need to learn to live in the eye of the storm. How many of you can feel there's some wind blowing? How many of you got blown here today? (laughs) You know, wet and blowy, And literally, physically, there's all sorts of stuff. But Jesus says to every one of you, I want to teach you how to find the sweet spot in the midst of a storm. We live in the world, but we're not of the world. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, of course it's going on, but You can get really over-involved and everything that's going on can be, be what's going on in your world. Or you can live in the eye of the storm. You can live in it and it goes on around you, but it doesn't touch you. So let's read Psalm 46. And for verse 10, it says this. One, two, three, can you read it with me? And he says, be still and, and, and know that i am that i am and i will be exalted above i will be said in the earth the lord the lord is with is with and the god of jacob is our fortress there's a lot of confirming don't panic, I'm here, stuff there. Would you agree? Calm down. This is Rachel's version, okay? Calm down, be still, shut up, stop whining. It's enough. Shh. Watch me. I'm, I want you to know, understand, come to a cognitive and physical understanding. I'm God and I'm not in panic. I am exalted. I'm high above all the different complexities and chaos right now. I'm up in the earth. I'm up in the... And I am God Almighty. I'm not God hesitant, not sure. I'm God Almighty. All my all power. And I'm a fortress. In other words... There is a boundary, a dividing line. And you can live in a safe place in the eye of the storm. Or you can live in the chaotic place. But be still. No, I am your God, your God, your God. You see, we need to practice the presence of Jesus. Did you notice that practice? How many of you know I need some practice? So say with me, I know... I need some practice. We need to practice the presence of Jesus. At the beginning of this year, God said to me, You are going to live in a complex and chaotic season, but I am the good shepherd. Don't panic, I know the way. You're going to live in a chaotic and complex season. But don't panic, don't be afraid, don't be overwhelmed. I am a good shepherd and I am with you. And so, you know, as a prophet, you know, often they come and say, don't worry, best is in front of you, everything's coming. And I do always believe that in Jesus, there is joy, there is a breakthrough. But I want to say that sometimes you have to go through life, you can't escape it. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And I believe this is going to be a year when we're going to have to walk through some stuff. It isn't going to be easy. It is going to be a year of complexities, of chaos. But God says, be still. I'm your God. I am with you. I believe it's going to be a year of challenge to especially people who are leaders. How many of you are leading something? You know, you're leading your home, you lead in your workspace. Give me a wave. How many of you, you lead people? How many of you would say that basically you're compassionate and kind? People matter to you. You watch people. Give me a wave. You can stick it up high. Look around. So the good news and the bad news is a lot of you are going to find this year tough. Why? Because when we're leaders, we want to find the easy way. Isn't that true? We want to lead and say, come with me. This is a shortcut. We can get through. We'll survive. I think we're going to live in a bit of a chaotic year. It's not going to be easy to find a way without a bit of pain and trauma. But there is a way through. And if we're compassionate, kind, tender people, and we're watching other people go through pain... Everything says, I want to fix it. I want to kiss you, make it better. I want to sort it. And guess what? We can't sort everything. How many of you know that's not easy? And so you see, we're going to have to take off some of our wrong responsibility. Because what wrong responsibility does in this season is it causes a conversation of accusation. Well, where's the church when I need it? Where's God when I need him? Because actually, I can't fix this. But actually, maybe that isn't your job in that moment. Your job is to actually walk through. Do you get what I'm saying? Let's look at this scripture, and I want to explain maybe further for you. Mark chapter 4, verses 37 to 40. This was Jesus with his disciples in a time of storm. And you see, the difficulty that I'm trying to explain, which is some of where we're going to need to be still, Focus on God is we're going to need to understand how to live life well in the middle of the storm or when we're watching other people in a storm and we feel incapable and then we get stressed because we can't fix it. So let's read this story. Matthew, Mark chapter 4, verses 37 to 40. And a furious squall, or basically a horrible storm, came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the storm, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? But he got up and he rebuked the wind and set calm the waves and said, Be still. And the wind could calm down, it was completely calm. And then he turned to his disciples and he said, Why are you so freaked out? Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? If you read that um, story in some of the other Gospels, there's this little phrase, and it says, And Jesus stood up and said, Because of you, I will calm the storm. I've always wondered, what did he mean by that? So let me take you through what I think Jesus is trying to say to us in this season through this story. Outside, massive storm. How many of you can feel the storm? You know, wars and rumors of wars. You know, you can't pay your bills, you're going to go bankrupt, mortgages going up, trains dry, you lose your job, Russia's at war, end of the world, World War III. You pick your narrative. We're all family going to kill each other. I mean, there's so many, aren't there? (laughs) There's wars and rumors of wars. There's storms blowing, maybe at our personal level. Friends got cancer, not got good prognosis. Job doesn't look great. Not sure I'm going to make it. Right up to national, global level. Wherever it is, we can hear the wind. There's a storm. And that storm is going. But Jesus has just got his disciples and put them on a boat. And he's put that boat in the sea. And guess what Jesus is doing? He is faster. There's a picture there. So Jesus is not watching the storm. Who is? The disciples. So they're all in a safe place because Jesus has put them in the boat. They're in a totally safe place. But what are they doing? Watching the storm. Perhaps it would have been better if they'd been watching. Think, okay, Jesus, if you're asleep, I can be asleep. You see, Jesus had a motto of life, which he kept telling his disciples, I only do what I see my father doing. So Jesus is looking into heaven and saying, Don't get freaked out. This is not a big issue. There's a storm all around. We're in a boat, the place of refuge, place of hope, house of safety. I can sleep because I'm sitting in the eye of the storm. Do you get what I mean? And you see, the temptation is that the devil wants you to stand on the boat. The boat, many theologians say the boat actually represents the house of God, the church of God. You know, Noah's Ark. And everyone in time of trouble ran into the boat. You you go through, track the boats. Boat stories represent the house. God is my refuge and strength. Come onto the boat with Jesus. And the whole of life is whipping up a storm. But we stand on the church and go, oh, did you see that? Bank rates going, mortgage going. Can't pay this. It's all going down. And we get mesmerized by the storm when actually we're living on the boat. We're okay. Hello. And God says, get on the boat and I will take you through the storm to the other side. Isn't that what it says? And halfway through, they're freaking out. And you see, when we're watching the wrong thing, we start the wrong conversation. The disciples are, Jesus, don't you care? I hear so many Christians like that. They're in the, the house, they're in the boat, and they're saying, "God, where are you? Don't you care? Don't you understand about mortgage this and that thing?" Jesus, why are you sleeping? Because He's saying, "I've already made a way, where there seems to be no way. I've already done it for you. I am hope for the hopeless. I am the refuge." How many of you know what I'm talking about? He says, "It's already done. You don't have to panic." You can lie down and sleep because I'm taking you right through this storm. And the word God gave to me for some of you is some storms he is going to ask you to fight. Some storms he's going to tell you sleep. In other words, this is not your responsibility. You don't have to fix this. And that's why I said this season's going to be hard for leaders and compassionate people. Because we want to jump in the water and fix it all. Hello? And God's saying, shh, be still. I'm God, I'm exalted above the heavens. I've got this. Watch me. Watch me. You know, so many people have a quick read of the word of God and then meditate for the rest of the week on the news. I would suggest it's better to Have a quick read of the news and then meditate the rest of the week on the word of God. Just saying. So where are you? Is there a narrative? Don't you care for us? Doesn't anyone understand what I'm going through? Is that narrative going through you? Or is today Jesus saying, shh, be still. I'm here. Because you see, God wants to say to you, don't get distracted and fearful. Don't get distracted and fearful. We get distracted by so many things. You know, in Luke chapter 10, we have that story of Mary and Martha. How many of us know that story? And you know, often when preachers preach it, Martha's the bad girl, because she's working. And Mary's the goody-goody, because she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, all of you be like Mary and not like Martha. But God spoke to me, and this is where I want you to think. And he said, Rachel, you've got the story wrong. It is not wrong to work and be busy. Because if you read the Bible... God is a God of work, and he is busy. But he says what is wrong is when you start working from a place of stress. And the problem was that Martha had lost her peace to do the job that she needed to do. I wonder if you could give me five minutes before. It's just a lot of sound, and I I wear a a hearing aid, and so I, I can't. Minutes and I'll be there. And so here is Martha, and she is stressed. Did you notice the first thing she says to Jesus? Don't you care? Bit of a narrative, isn't it? As soon as we get stressed, we poke God. How many of you can feel you've been a bit hangry with God? You're hungry to be with Him, but at the same time, you're angry. Where are you, God? Beep, beep, beep. Good indicator you're a bit stressed that fear have got hold of you, And so here's mother, don't you care that she has left me to do all the work. Now that word work is very interesting. I just want to underscore it for you. Work, it doesn't mean literally activity. That word work is a word called baros in the Greek. And it literally means the burden, the weight, the responsibility of a task. Don't you care that I've been dumped doing all the work around here. I carry all the load, I carry all the weight. It was the same word used for donkeys. You know, the donkeys carried the work. So Martha's saying, "Don't you care, God, I'm carrying all the weight. I'm having to pay all the bills. I'm having to fix all this family. I'm having to sort out. I'm carrying all the burden. And Jesus looked at Martha and said, oh, Martha, Martha, you've got so anxious, worried, caught up with so many things. You need to change the rhythm of your life. You need to, and it doesn't say sit at the feet of Jesus. It says you need to choose the better part. In other words, you need to make a choice to work from rest. You need to choose to come and sit at the feet of Jesus, watch Jesus, then work from that place. Hello? He doesn't say don't ever work again. Because if you carry on reading, you find Mary and Martha. Mary's working in the house of Bethany preparing for Jesus. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not about whether we're working or not. It's about what is motivating how we go to work. You know, the classic, I owe, I owe, it's off to work, I go motivated by stress of, if I don't do this, we're going to be bankrupt. No, I'm doing this because it's part of the rhythm of my life. And Jesus blesses me as I go in and out. God is with me. And for some of you, yeah, come, let's worship. I just believe that God is saying, you've been distracted by so many things. You've had this, but God wants to give you a new rhythm of life. He wants to change the narrative in your head and say 2023 is going to be the most amazing year. He wants to stir in you such a hunger for a new intimacy with him. And as I started yesterday with everyone, I said, well, what is prayer? Prayer is just talking to Jesus. So how can you upgrade your prayer this year? Just start talking to Jesus everywhere you go. Yeah, it's great to do it in meetings, but it's not enough to do in meetings. I find I need to do it far more than just in a meeting. How am easy with me. So let's come and talk to Jesus. We love you, Lord. And maybe some of you have really lost that face of Jesus. Maybe some of you have a little bit, that narrative that just says, where are you, God? I've been going through hell and I just feel you don't care. You're just sleeping. The sleep of God doesn't mean disinterest. It just means rest. He's giving you an invitation. Come sleep with me, sweet. I'm with you. You're in the boat. You're safe. Head down. Watch me. And if you're here this morning and you just can sense you've got so distracted and you can feel God saying to you, come on. Can you see me? And you're saying, yes, God, I can. And I want to see you more. I'm sorry. I just want you, wherever you're sitting, just put your hands up to Jesus. Just say, God, I want to see you. I'm sorry. I've got distracted by so many things. I want to see you on the boat of my life. I want to see you right in the midst I want the storm to get lesser. I want you to get greater. Oh, God, even as I lift my hands, I'm just saying, I need you. Just speak to him right now. Break that sand barrier. Just talk to Jesus because only you can tell him what you want to tell him in your boat right now. Just talk out to him and say, God, I'm lifting my hands and I'm saying, come in. God, I need you in my world. I need you in my boat. I need you, God. So many things have distracted me, and I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, there's a hymn we often sing, and it's called, All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. You know, this is a surrender moment where you just say, God, I'm going to let go. God, I'm sorry, where I've been yelling. God, you don't care. I've suddenly realized you do care, but I've just caught up in the wrong things. Jesus, I want to see you. He sees you. He is the God who sees you. Right now, He sees you. He sees you in your workplace, He sees you in your family space, He sees you in front of all your budgets. I just felt that there's someone here you've been it's almost like you got really disappointed because you've been budgeting and you've been planning and it had it all done and then just because of the season we're living in of so much financial storm and stuff the money that you thought you'd get together to I believe it's towards a house and just towards renting and your next step of freedom thing it all seems to be going wrong and you're just thinking Oh, I just can't do this. I feel overwhelmed. Doesn't God care? And I just feel God wants to come right in the midst of that storm of all your confusion. If that's you. Just put your hand to heaven and say, God, I let go and I let God. I welcome you into all this world. Come, Holy Spirit. I need you. Have you got a song? Let's. In this quiet space, I want you just to keep centered in Jesus and then we'll just pray maybe for one more thing.